side against the 41-year-old suspect who will appear in Tunwin Court later today. That's the news from RTHK. and welcome to the week on three with me christy lai hope you are staying safe and enjoying some sunshine if it's your first time joining me i will be selecting a couple of interesting interviews from the past week here on radio three let's start today's program with something that is affecting all of us at the moment recently lots of photos of empty supermarket shelves are floating around the internet due to the recent surge in cases people are starting to stock up on goods but literally buying everything in a supermarket is a bit too much. As of Friday, Hong Kong's largest supermarket chain, Park and Shop, introduced purchase limits on certain food items and medicine products due to a shortage of manpower. Noreen Mir spoke to Sadia Usmani on Thursday's 123 show about this panic buying phenomenon and ways to prevent it from happening. So, um, so let's talk about the psychology uh, of panic buying. Um, panic buying happens when people think there's a crisis, the sort of impending doom or something big or bad is going to happen. Um, and, and it happens all the time in Hong Kong. Hong Kong is really no stranger to panic buying. We normally see that ahead of a typhoon. Um, we see empty shelves before a, a big typhoon when it's Typhoon 8. In this case, I think we saw at the beginning of the first wave of COVID back in February yes. 2020. Yes. Um, and we're definitely seeing it back in a big way in this fifth wave. Um, it really comes down to, I think you mentioned earlier, the fear of missing out or, or FOMO, as people like to say. Um, but panic buying, I should also stress, also occurs when there's a a lack of trust, whether it's in the supply of, of, of the items or, or sometimes in the authorities. Um, in my, from my observation and just following what's been said in the government, I don't think there's a genuine food shortage in Hong Kong. And we've heard reassurances, assurances earlier uh, this week from Carrie Lam, our chief executive, from various suppliers. And even this morning, listening to RTHK, uh, Frank Chan, the transport security uh, uh, secretary, um, they've all reiterated there's no genuine food shortage. Mm -hmm. But then that's that's a sort of you've got to balance that with the perception of the public. So the impression I think the public is getting is that strange mismatch of what's being told by them, by the authorities, versus their own perception. And, you know, one could say it's mistrust. One could say it's a lack of transparency and communication. Um, because, again, earlier this week, we heard Sophia Chan, our health minister, sort of saying they haven't ruled out a lockdown. And then a day later, Carrie Lam comes in and says, um, there's no plans for one. So I think, you know, when the public hears mixed messages and mixed communication, they don't know what to make of it. So that's a sort of psychology behind it. Let's talk about the panic by itself. Sadia, I know this is also an area of your interest. You've also witnessed um, <laughs> scenes of it. Uh, what have you seen? Well, I think, you know, I somebody just mentioned and I thought, and I was going to go to the shops anyway just to get a couple of things like eggs and stuff like that. But I think it's, you know, you go there and if you do actually see empty baskets, complete empty like vegetable racks, and things like that, then 
I think you automatically think, my goodness, there's not enough here. But I mean, I saw one particular incident was I saw two ladies and there was like one bag of this, uh, you know, leafy cabbage. And they were both going for that. And then one of them picked it up and the other one said, no, she got it first. And it was, I was just amazed that, you know, (laughs) we have a supermarket with still lots and lots of other things in it. I mean, okay, vegetables. I think it's the vegetables that seem to vegetables and some fruit tend to disappear. But but just that sort of slight kind of competitiveness that went on there that no, 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 you know, I need this more than you type thing. And, and that's quite, that's quite shocking, really. I mean, I think people just and, and they probably actually everyone has stuff in the house. If you look at how much we store in the house and things that we have in our fridge, chances are that even if sudden, suddenly something happened and we were locked down for three, four days, um, you know, we'll have enough. We should be okay. Um, Absolutely. You made a really good point earlier as well, Sadia, is that image of empty shelves and that panic mm. is often amplified by empty shelf pictures, yeah. you know, and, and you've got that herd mentality. You've got that fear of missing out. Like, I may not need bread, but when I see somebody with a basket full of, you know, bread, <laughs> exactly. you think, oh, maybe I'll get a loaf. And um, then before you know it, like, you know, and I just, you know, just then moving on to the effects of panic buying, um, essentially it will lead to some waste or a lot of waste. Um, exactly. And, and not to mention there will be people who can't buy in bulk and they're the people who are marginalized they're the people who can't you know get access to 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 food um and i think a lot of the policies also um like looking at the supermarkets this round a lot of them are cutting their opening hours that also creates Mm. a a sense of panic that also creates a sort of deadline you know you've got to get there before they close you've got to buy before they decide to shorten their hours again um but you mentioned just now leafy vegetables. Um, if you cast your mind, if our listeners uh, just cast their minds back to the very first wave of the pandemic in Hong Kong, um, the sort of hot items that flew off the shelves were definitely masks. I, well, not just in Hong Kong. I think there was a global shortage. Yeah, that was in, initially. In that's getting right. Masks. Yeah. Yeah. And bleach and, and toilet sanitize. <laughs> and of course, I'm gonna, yep, I've seen toilet people rolls carrying three. Three, but three jumbo packs. And oh I just think, God. do you seriously, that would probably last you about a year. <laughs> like, yeah. I know. But Absolutely. Just, that uh... was classic. And I'm sure people have seen a few viral internet videos of people just fighting for, for loo rolls. Um, but it's interesting. Fast forward to this fifth wave. Um, uh, let's talk specifically about Hong Kong. Masks and bleach um, aren't really in shortage. I mean, uh, yeah, ones, I, I've yeah. seen, yeah, and toilet rolls are, well, actually toilet rolls are, are missing now again, but it wasn't to begin with. But the emphasis is really on food items this time mm. around, mainly mm. fresh veggies mm. um, and meat, rice um, and bread. Do you remember the first wave? Yeah. It was flour. <laughs> so I mean, um, you know, it is it is confusing, and but I think it's just it's a mixture of things, as you said. You know, it's a matter of like, you know, what you hear, what you see, um, and and that's how you make your decisions. But it's this kind of panic that I think there's this overall kind of fear in everyone about going hungry. 
<laughs> do you think? Mm. I mean, you know, I look back at like Gone with the Wind right? and, and that famous scene in Gone with the Wind where she, she kind of holds up the soil and she says, I will never go hungry again. And you just think, well, you know, is that is That's that a, a great, right there. is that a fear that we have that there won't be enough food? I'm going to go hungry. Although, you know, people will be allowed, even if we do have a lockdown, there will be one person in each household who it will be able to go out to get food and and supermarkets and grocery essential places will be open. That is the general norm during those conditions, isn't it? Exactly. You know? So I see we've got just a little bit of time. Maybe I'll just quickly go through a few ways mm -hmm. that we can sure. um, avoid panic buying. First of all, um, just fight it. Fight FOMO. Fight that fear of missing out. Going back to the example of, of some... Don't buy something you don't need. When you see somebody else getting it, don't think, oh, <laughs> I'm just going to get it too. If somebody's got toilet roll, toilet rolls and you've got it at home, there's no need to buy it. You don't need more toilet rolls or bread or, or rice. So really try and fight that FOMO. Um, the second thing is avoid social media to an extent. You know, these images of empty shelves mm, mm. Um, really perpetuate that cycle. It creates more panic. Um, avoid sharing those pictures. Avoid posting them if you see them um, because it can really affect it, I mean, affect certain people more than other people. But when you see those pictures, you think, gosh, I've got to rush out and quickly buy it before uh, before I miss out. So it becomes a bit of a vicious cycle. And I think the last one is really important. Just having that empathy, get what you need only. Um, in getting 15, 20 cans of, of tin food, some family will be without it. They'll be hungry. You know, you don't need so many cans of food in your house. Noreen Mir on Thursday's 123 show. Speaking about the pandemic, due to social distancing measures, lots of wonderful events and exhibitions are being forced to find alternate ways to keep the show going. Most companies have chosen to move online, and despite the lack of face-to-face -face interactions, some are making good use of multimedia platforms to keep the creativity flowing. The annual Hong Kong Arts Festival is making a comeback and are using its online platform to spread fun and joy of all art forms. An event to look out for is TM, an online theatre experience that would surely change your perception on online communication. Tissa Ho, Executive Director of the Hong Kong Arts Festival, spoke to Phil Whelan more about the events we can expect in this year's festival. It is, it is. The festival's on. Uh, it's online. Yep. It's definitely on. There are certainly advantages and you can choose how comfortably you want to sit or whether you want to sit upright as Wagner, you know, advocated that you should too, too comfortable and, and you're not actually paying attention or you put yourself in your big sofa and have a big screen. That's all totally possible. It's but you know, the, the thing... Mm, Go on. I want to hear. I want to hear what you think. Of, I'm being a heathen. Go on. Tell me. <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the thing that excites me most about going online is okay. One, thankfully, I'm just so grateful we can do this, right? Um, but the the really fascinating thing about online is the kind of work that you can do. Okay. There are some things that we are able to do online which kind kind of kind of can't quite work in in real life. Um. Um. Well, I'm thinking of this, this thing called TM. Uh, and I'm not telling you what TM is. You have to see the show to 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 be told. Wow. Uh, it's a one-on-one, -on -one, and there is a kind of 
I, I think even if you were sat in a room one-on-one with this person across the table or whatever, mm. the quality of that experience is different from being in an online waiting room and then having somebody talk to you, ask you questions mm. and, and have that online interaction. There's a kind of uh, distance and, and a, a whole different quality of experience. And, and this is integral to this particular show. So I'm thrilled to bits. So far... This is all good. I mean, you're just doing it differently. Mm. You, you've got over this whole thing about, oh, my goodness, no theatres, no venues, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you've got to bite the bullet and say, actually, this is this could be the way forward. I don't know if I'm sort of in murky waters here. Well, no, no. I, I, I think this, I suspect, no, not suspect. I'm pretty convinced this is one of the ways forward. Right. I mean, God, I, I really, I really hope, you know, we can be back in, and we will. Yeah. In, in, inshallah, whatever, you know, God's ears. Uh, uh, we will be back in the venues and, and we will be sat nasis and, and that experience is precious and wonderful and and, and completely unique. And, and, you know, when we're not afraid to breathe in the same room with a thousand people in close proximity, that will be most, most, most welcome. But in the meantime, the things that are being tested and tried now, I, I think they're so fascinating. It would be really stupid to stop doing them. I'm looking yeah. through, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. I'm looking, I'm looking. I've just had a massive hello because uh, yesterday I was telling a friend about Shostakovich's, I mean, we, <laughs> Shostakovich's first oh, opera, the, the, the... the first opera he ever wrote is called The Nose. And yeah, it's about a nose, a, a bloke who wakes up with no, <laughs> with no nose. And here it is. Go on, tell us more. Yes. Uh, well, that's the second of our big operas that we produce, uh, we're, we're presenting online. Yeah. Uh, one uh, is... A, about to finish though, uh, is Dead City of the Dead, the 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 Todestad, uh, with you know, be still my beating heart, mm. uh, Eunice Kaufman, <laughs> in an award winning, uh, video you know role that that was made for video. So so the video also won an award. So and it's by one of the greatest film composers ever, isn't it? So the music's just going to blow you away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so people are the great creative talents are thinking about different ways of connecting. Um, and then those is coming up next. Uh, and then there's also Greek passion. So there's, um, if you're, if you're looking at the, the festival palettes, you know, the stuff that we present every year, music, theater, opera, dance, yeah. it's still all there. It's still online. And a lot of it is free as well. So, you know, like enjoy. I, you know, I think that there must be a load of stuff here that I personally like because it's a bit risky to say, well, I think it's better than you've had in years. But certainly for my taste, it's absolutely wonderful. I mean, there's so much excellent stuff going on. You're doing, you know, you've got Romeo and Juliet, um, Bamberg yes. Symphony. You've got the Shanghai yes. Opera guys, all sorts of really good stuff. Now, has it been easier to, to get these people? Because it really is an all-star lineup this year. It is a pretty sorry lineup, yes. Um, well, it's not as easy if, if we were starting to do it today, but yeah. I, I think the festival has had long history of very good international contacts and network, and, and everybody has been really helpful and supportive, and we've had to sometimes, in the case of the Bamberg, change plans like three times, and every time they've been like right alongside with us. Yeah. Okay, we'll do this. Okay, we'll adjust. We'll, we'll yada, yada, yada. So I, I think there's wonderful um, collegiality, you know, global collegiality in, in this, and and this feeling of, you know, we are in this together and we share your pain and if we can help, you know, let us do that. Yeah. And and that's not 
only coming from our professional colleagues. It's also coming from uh, our audiences and our donors as well. So, so that's since 2020. I mean, that's been the biggest takeaway that that this festival is valued and treasured and has friends. And I'm I'm. Every day, I'm touched by this. Well, so far, there's nothing not to like. Okay, it's online, but boy, oh boy. It's a biggie this year, isn't it? It's, it's big. I mean, it's our fifth year. Yeah. So we did want to present a festival of a certain scale and substance, uh, but always also still with those kind of like, like what is that? <laughs> you know, like those those free, free, free radical works that, that we, we, we are struggling to describe and people don't know what it is in, until they've done it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and, and this, you know, online stuff. So last year we did this thing called the journey, okay. which to this day people talk about, which is great. Um, and then, and then remind uh, us, remind so me of what that was about a little bit, if you would. Um, well, it, it, it was online interactive and you had to upload your, your, uh, and you, you could participate. You were, you were on screen. The audience was on screen okay. with the actor. And, and I bring that up because we've got another thing that is sort of like that this year, except that the subject matter is even more, um, pertinent to the online world. So, um, the, 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 the conceit, if you want, mm. is life and death. Okay. Is the conceit is hello, we uh, carbon-based life forms. You know, we wear out, uh, and mm. then we die. Death in Texas, right? Mm. However, the silicon-based life is not this. And what if we upload our carbon-based onto silicon-based? Okay. Do we then like not have to die? That's the conceit. And in the show, you get to upload your image, and and that's what appears in the show with the actor in the show. So so kind of kind of like moving between the 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 the, the analog and the digital world, and it's fascinating. That was Tissa Ho speaking to Phil Whelan on Thursday's Morning Brew. If you would like to find out more about the festival go and visit their website at hk.artsfestival.org. In recent years, more people are adapting to a greener lifestyle by implementing little habits to save planet Earth. One of many is recycling. In Hong Kong, there are the three colored bins for us to dispose our trash. It can be such a chore though, as there aren't a lot around in the city center. But what if I told you that there's an upgraded and interactive way to learn more about creative ways to dispose our trash? On Monday's Trash Talk, Ruby Hung from the Environmental Protection Department joins Marcy Trent Long, who tells us about the design concepts and aims of the award-winning Wan Chai Recycling Center. The recycling station, the aim is to serve as a regional environmental protection hub for recycling support and green living education. The general design approach of the recycling station is to give a clear, positive and distinctive image to the recycling station against the possible misconception from general public of being just another type of refuse collection pond. While each recycling station is specially designed to suit the particular local requirements and site characteristics, strong coherence and consistency, maintained across all recycling stations in respect of architecture, landscaping, building surfaces, structure, and graphics. The site sits at the midpoint along the route connecting the BC Wan Chai urban area 
and water recreation space. Instead of building an enclosed structure, an urban park as an anchor point is created along this half kilometer long walk due to the very limited site area of approximately 700 square meters, the building blocks are put to the free size to open up a garden for integration with the public passage. This garden forms the focal point of the project, which serves for outdoor activities and enhance public participation. Being a local attraction forms the basic to get the public interaction with the recycling facility, thereby promoting environmental education and green living culture in the community. Aha, uh -huh. those were very lofty high goals. Was the design of the station able to motivate people to recycle in the end? Yes, because uh, just like I, I said here firstly, um, the um, Green Adventure is um, situated at the Adventure um, urban area, and it's very convenient for the people to go to have a look, uh, take their recyclable to there, and have some funny games uh, and uh, learn about the uh, backgrounds of the recycling. So uh, attract a lot of people to go to visit the our recycling station. Yeah, that's exciting. I think the recycling station is is right next to where the pool and recreation center is in Wan Chai. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, so it's pretty convenient mm. to go there as well, right? I think you can even drive if you need to, um, but obviously it's yes. near it's near an MTR stop too. Um, how yeah. did you how did you choose the architects? Um. When the ranch house is the first one, uh, first uh, recycling station, they adopted the design idea of the winning scheme from a public design competition as a basis for the contractor to develop the detailed design. The winner was then engaged as a design advisor to collaborate with the government project team and the main contractor during the implementation process of the project. Oh, that's exciting. So it was a competition. That was a good idea. Do you think you would consider doing more competitions going on in the future too, given the success of of this one? Um, based on last experience, we, it is proof that the collaborative working relationship is a very successful strategy. We may think in the future, uh, if there is a triple project that can adopt this type of competition, we will think to launch uh, more. Oh, that's great. So I guess you were pretty excited or happy with the results of the young architects. And um, maybe you could tell us about the Japan Institute of Design and how they awarded you the Good Design Award. Yes, the young architects was very proactive with good insights and gave us very constructive and very added advice and solution on, very use, on various issues arising throughout the construction process. So um, they have um, gave us very good idea and we hope that uh, 
in future we can have more young architects to join our projects. Yeah, that will be really great. Was it their idea to apply for the Japan Institute of Design Good Design Award? Uh, yes, the we. The Green Adventure was one of the winners of the Great Design Award in uh, 2021 uh, because um, their design have adopted a uh, very environmental aspect uh, in their design. So I think this is one of the reasons why Green Adventure has been awarded of this Good Design Award. And do you think that recycling has actually increased in the Wan Chai district since you opened the recycling station? Um, yes, the Green at Wan Chai commissioned their operation in mid-August 2021. Apart from receiving recyclables at the station, Green at Wan Chai also provides off-site collection service to residential buildings and set up recycling spots, that is the curbside collection booths in the district. The operator of the Green One Tribe proactively connects with the residential premises to establish the recycling service networks and organize green education activities for the residents. In just half a year, Greenhut Ranjai has already engaged more than a hundred of residential buildings for the collection service and receives about 100,000 kilograms of recyclables. We'll be home from the Environmental Protection Department on Monday's Trash Talk. To end today's program, Steve James will be taking you back to the 1970s with some Simon and Garfunkel. I'm Christy Lai. Catch you next week, same time here on The Week on 3. Oh, great. Now you tell me. 5, 6, 7 a.m. Radio 3. Steve James, Afternoon Drive. Oh, the factories may be roaring with the boom a lack zoom a lack but there isn't any roar when the clock strikes four. Everything stops for tea. Oh, a lawyer in a courtroom, in the middle of an alimony plea, has to stop and help him pour when the clock strikes four. Everything stops for tea. Our tea break today is on the subject of Simon and Garfunkel. This day, 1970, Simon and Garfunkel started a six-week run at the top of the US singles chart with the legendary Bridge Over Troubled Water, also number one in the UK in March of the same year. Uh, it became one of the most performed songs of the 20th century, with over 50 artists, among them Elvis, Aretha, covering the song. This day, 1976, Paul Simon's Still Crazy After All These Years was named Best Pop Vocal Performance and Album of the Year at the 18th Annual Grammy Awards. I remember the acceptance speech very well um, because he said, Simon told the audience, I'd like to thank, in his acceptance speech, he says, I'd like to thank Stevie Wonder for not releasing an album this year. And so we're going to focus on, um, I think we'll start with Still Crazy After All These Years, that album, and a great track from that record called Gone At Last.
Somebody will come and lift you high. 